just to speak for him because I have that authority. Hello, we are here at Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and welcome to episode nine of Untamed Shrews Women Talk Theater. I'm Becky. I'm Hannah. And I'm Dawn. And welcome to today's grab bag episode. Yay! Woo. A chatty, silly episode. <laughs> we haven't had one of these in a while. We have covered a lot of serious but important topics, but I'm just excited to be silly with you guys today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Today, it's Just Us Shrews, and we will be answering some listener questions, sharing some fun stories, and just chatting it up. Yay! So, gals, (laughs) how are you? What's new? We never just talk. (laughs) No. (laughs) We never just talk. It's true. Well, my big news is I'm currently growing a tiny human. (laughs) This is not very new news to us. It's not new news to you. You We're fading shock. (laughs) You guys have known for quite a while. Um, If you were shocked at this point, I wouldn't know how you could be shocked. It's very physically obvious. Uh, But I have 27 weeks today. So, uh, yeah, just learning everything that goes along with pregnancy. I think one of the crazy things is between theater and trapeze, um, those being kind of my two worlds of especially women that I hang with, I just don't know that many women, you know, who have babies or had babies or are having babies. Like in our industry, it's kind of something that is tricky to find the timing for. But um, it has been... A wild ride. I feel like I want to say all these tropes about pregnancy, like we're so excited and da da da, which of course we are. But um, honestly, it's been really tough. <laughs> it's been a huge learning curve, and just like physically, whoa. Um, but I've been able to keep up with trapeze, which is awesome. Just just taking class last night, and <laughs> uh, I get a, I get a little. Get a little tired a little quicker, but I can stay up there and do my stuff. So, yeah, that's my thing. I'm growing a tiny baby. And as Hannah pointed out before the episode, by episode 12, he'll be here. That's so crazy. Yeah. I feel like I joke that, Dawn, you'll be, like, on the trapeze giving birth. Like, it's just so much a part of your life. I can't imagine. (laughs) We will be doing Christmas Girl, and you're like, wait. (laughs) Give me a second here. (laughs) I can picture it. I'm already starting to imagine, like, which skills, like, which trapeze skills you could give birth in. Oh, goodness me. "Mm, Good gazelle roll-up. Gets you prepped with your legs in a stirrup position. That's right. (laughs) That's That's so silly. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to have a tiny, tiny little flag shakes human around. Yeah. I know. It'll be so funny. And it'll be really interesting because I think I mentioned it's a, the sex of the baby is boy. So, um, you know, however they gender identify later on in life, yeah. this is a new thing for me to, you know, I'm the only daughter. And oh, yeah. like, you know, so. Oh, true. No my, brothers or anything. Yeah, no brothers, yeah. no anything. So for me, this is also, and in teaching trapeze, I teach mostly tiny little girls. And yeah. so. You also have um, a lot of ants. Right? I have a ton yes. of ants. <laughs> and only girl aunts. cousins, really. Uh, and yeah, a lot of my, and closer to my girl cousins. Yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting for me to be like, uh, 
whoa, it's a boy. <laughs> Sean's got his work cut out for him to be a boy dad. Yeah, yeah, he'll be a great boy dad. Yeah, though. he will. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing, just cooking this tiny human. Cooking a tiny human inside. <laughs> Bun in the oven, I, I love it. Say. I was like, so sorry. <laughs> but I know Becky has big news, too. Yeah, so um, I big announcement is I've accepted um, another job with another um, production company called uh, Rail Events Productions. Um, and their big thing is the Polar Express that happens on trains throughout the U.S. And uh, if you're here in Flagstaff, uh, you probably have heard of the Grand Canyon Railway. There's a Polar Express there. And that's not quite the company that I'm working with. That's kind of like the umbrella licensing company to do the show. And I'm working with a smaller subsect of that company that uh, focuses on the production of just six cities uh, nationwide. Um, so I'll be the company manager for them. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like, I guess I am leaving Flag Shakes technically. But um, not Shrews. But not Shrews. Not leaving Shrews. And <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. Yeah. She's not leaving Shrews. <laughs> you still get to hear this this voice. <laughs> Monthly. Don't you worry. Dulcet tones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I guess uh, just stepping down from the production manager position. And uh, I mean, you'll still see me acting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Becky will still be yeah. around. She's we also not so. leaving Flagstaff. No. Don't worry. <laughs> I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Becky and I lived together, so that would have been a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. Um, so it's a seasonal position, but I've worked with them in the past as a local stage manager out in New Jersey. So it's... Um, Nice to kind of like take on a little bit more responsibility um, for all of the cities. And yeah. I can do it remotely. So Ugh, I don't have the to The dream. Leave. And also yeah. like health insurance and stuff, right? No. Oh, yeah. darn it. Oh. No, because it's seasonal. And I guess, <sighs> oh, yeah. I don't know Never. what the legal requirement is, but because it's only like six months or so to start at least. I mean, gotcha. never know where the future is going to lead. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Ugh. That's kind of actually, I mean, I don't have a whole lot going on, but that's something huge. I just got health insurance. <laughs> Guys, this is so exciting. And actually, uh, let's see, today's the 30th. Um, my first day of coverage is the 1st of September. So I will be insured in two days. <laughs> so I just got to lay low till then. <laughs> no injuries for the next two days. Stay well, I mean, I am insured, but this is better insurance. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. That could be a whole episode of Shrews is just talking about <laughs> health, insurance. Ins- health insurance taxes. and the entertainment industry Ooh. and taxes. Becky's really I good at taxes. To talk about it. Yeah, Becky's <laughs> yes. so good at taxes. Oh, great. Every yeah. year I'm like, Becky, how? <laughs> Although I just pay someone to do my taxes. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but like I'm always asking her questions about those kinds of things like yeah. becky always knows about like Aww. paperwork that i don't understand she always has the answers <laughs> i'm no expert but all of the information that i learned i'm like why did nobody tell me this right. so anytime i can help somebody else you know with the caveat of like i'm not a tax professional right but, but i can at least tell you what you i've out. been through yeah totally. yeah i'm yeah. trying to think what else uh well you're expanded role in Flag Shakes? Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> I'm full-time now at Flag Shakes, which is so exciting. Um, we, I'm very sad that Becky is leaving, but that did give me the opportunity to go up to full-time, which is really exciting for me. Um, so, yeah, that has been awesome. It's only been a week, um, but I have filled 
every hour of all of those days with more to do. So there seems to be plenty. There's plenty to do. (laughs) But I'm also just super excited to use those hours specifically on on the podcast. Um, Eventually. Still hasn't happened yet. But (laughs) I want to, like, start an Instagram just for shrews and, you know, like, really start focusing on, you know, like – cutting out little clips and, you know, like really focusing on getting the word out there. Um, yeah. Um, trademarking our name, that kind of stuff. So just lots of stuff to work on and, and look into. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely duh, my big thing. I left my, my other part-time job. I used to just have part-time flag shakes, part-time, a different job as a copy editor. Um, but I left my copy editing job, um, and now I'm going to be full-time here. Although I got some fun news. Um, I'm being hired on to copy edit a friend's book, which is super exciting. Um, so now I'm like officially a, uh, a copy editor for hire, I suppose, a freelance copy editor, I guess, yeah. which is kind of fun. Um, yeah, and I just uh, just performed with the symphony this weekend. That was a lot of fun and definitely like a big thing in my what I was focusing on the last few weeks. I also just got back from Hawaii, which was <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, summer's ending. Yeah. <laughs> Well, weekend. that um, uh, the bit about the symphony leads into one of the listener questions oh, that yeah. we got. Yeah. Uh, and one of the listeners really wanted to know how you prepared for the symphony. Becky and I attended yes. and um, had a ton of fun. But you Yay. essentially narrated. I thought it was so cool because you listen so often to classical music. You know there's a story. But unless you've seen the opera or the ballet, you have no idea what the story is. Right. Yeah. So this you one was really cool because of... you narrated the whole tale of like what was going on. And so one of the listener questions was about like how you how did you prepare yeah. to do that kind of performance? So actually it was so fun. Um, so the Flagstaff Symphony Orchestra, they're just they're the sweetest. I, I love their leadership, especially like everyone over there is just so awesome to work with. Um, so I got asked to narrate Peter and the Wolf, which is, I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, like even Disney has done a version. Um, so it's like a, about a 30 minute symphony, uh, with narration. Um, and it was really terrifying. I have to admit, because (laughs) you get handed this like really insane score and it's literally a symphony score and it's like a 40, 60 piece orchestra. Like they're ginormous. And so, I mean, I my degree is in musical theater, so I can read music, but I was actually talking to the conductor. Like, if I did not, if I couldn't read music, I have no idea how I could have done it because he ha- he said that, like, they've had, like, like very oftentimes Peter and the Wolf is done by just like a local celebrity, like maybe like a broadcaster or like the TV's newscaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, whoa, like if I didn't know how to read music, that would have been so hard. Um, and even then, like I... I worked on this piece like every day for a few weeks before and I would like practice with a the like version with narration and then I like of course eventually moved on to using the like just symphony like I had a recording of just the symphony and like when I made that transition it was really scary because like I'm literally following along this like very intense music like and it switches because it's a condensed score so like Imagine like a a giant like musical score, right? There's like literally like 40 different instruments. But in this particular condensed score, it's like it switches between the lead instrument. So like sometimes the lead instrument is the oboe. Sometimes the lead instrument is the flute. But you it doesn't tell you that. You just have to like 
follow it. So like it, it'll just I, basically what I had to do is like count a lot <laughs> and um, look for like small motifs that like I, I got to know in the music or like uh, a lot of times like I would focus on like a trill or like um, a uh, like musical notation that I like knew like okay if I get lost I just need to like wait for that fermata and then I'll know where I am and then I'll like continue to read from there or like oh I know that like the flute always trills on this like one note I got lost I'm a few bars behind but I wait for the trill and then I like know that I'm like oh I speak in three bars but it was really hard um, but it was tons of fun so that's how I like prepared for it but the listener was also asking about like how I mean, because it was a huge event. There was hundreds, maybe maybe a thousand people at this event. Um, but to be honest, like I didn't even think about it as being that large. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was co-hosting the event too uh, with the conductor, and we just kind of planned out some like general ideas of what we wanted to talk about. But otherwise, we just kind of improved it. And he and I both decided and we, we were both more comfortable with it just being improved um rather than like reading off a script we were actually uh that actually made us more nervous so we're like well, I'm just yeah. gonna ask you some questions and then you answer them and you know I have some experience in opera and stuff so he would like ask me about Carmen and I would like I did Carmen when I was in high school so I just kind of like talked about that you know just like little little things here and there so I mean I guess as like a larger question, I just don't get stage fright anymore. So a TBH didn't prep for it. Like, of course, I prep for the actual performance, like of like learning the performance and like learning my my lines and stuff and like practicing the voices of the different characters in Peter and the Wolf. But when it came to like prepping um, and this uh, this listener had asked, like, how do you feel comfortable with like a thousand people out there? I just like don't even think about it. I mean, I'm sure you guys don't either, like, really anymore. I mean, the really nice thing about this one is, that, like, the script was in front of me. So, like, because I'm, like, literally reading along with an orchestra. So, like, yeah, like, I didn't yeah. have to memorize. I just needed to be really familiar and, like, really confident with, like, the actual piece itself. So that definitely gives you, like, a, a, a like, comfort, like, not, not comfort blanket, safety blanket. Like, I wasn't ever going to be like, what's my line? And the orchestra just continues. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. unless, like, the wind flies my page around or something, like, I pretty much will always know where I am. Or if I get lost in the music. But, I mean, I had done it so many times and rehearsed with them several times by then. So, like, I basically knew even if something had happened, I would have been able to be like, oh, I at least kind of know what, like, that motif is. I can try to find where I am in the page. But, but no, I don't get I don't get stage fright anymore. Do you guys? I don't really experience uh, that anymore. I mean, maybe when I was, like, a kiddo. But to be honest, not anymore. Kid, yeah. But yeah. it depends on it depends on what it is. I mean, like, I get nervous, but that's yeah. more yeah. like preparation. Like, oh no, am I gonna like forget my oh, lines? Am I gonna yeah. like? Oh, yeah. I definitely yeah. get nervous. Not like where I stage right physically could not yeah, get out totally. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, when I was like five, I did a summer camp um, show with oh, my no. sister. I got very nervous, and I just followed her around stage the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, but you were five. You were five. That's different. That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest, like, um, misconceptions is that stage fright is either, like, you either have it or you don't have it, and that if you have stage fright, like, you'll always have stage fright, but... It's just like anything else. And the more you actually get out in front of people, the less and less you have stage fright. So it's one of those things that I like to talk to, like, people who are in my intro to theater classes or, like, in theater classes about because they have this conception, like, no, I have horrible stage fright. And it's like, it's not 
And like, unless you have a genuine phobia, which, which you know, people have phobias about all kinds right. of things. But unless you have a genuine phobia, you probably are just dealing with feelings of like, like underexposure to right. talking in front of groups. And like you were saying, yeah. once you've been in front of people yeah. and you've done it so many times, you kind of stop being scared. Right. But definitely get nervous because that... Without that energy, I don't even know if I could get on stage. Yeah. Like, I need the nervous energy. Oh, true. And yeah. it gets, it, like, lights a fire under your butt to, like, really, you know, <laughs> do your, do the thing, you know. But yeah. also, like, they were treating me like such a little celebrity. Like, they, they were. just kept talking me up. And I was like, guys, no, keep talking. Like, thanks, guys. Follow me around. Yeah, no, seriously. They were, like, really gassing me up and, like, acting like I was the, like, Aww. best thing since sliced bread. So, like, it was not very difficult. <laughs> But I do have a funny story. Um, when I had asked um, the conductor what I should wear, he was like, well, we're wearing jeans and white button-up shirts, um, so you can wear that or you can wear, like, whatever you want. I was like, okay, well, like, when I think of, like, symphony, like, I'm going to get dressed up, right? And so I put on, like, this really nice dress and, like, this pair of heels and, like, all of the symphony members were like, you get to wear a dress? Oh. <laughs> they were like, why do you look so pretty? And I'm in oh. jeans. I'm like, I'm sorry. I should have just worn what you guys were wearing because now I'm like totally sticking out like a sore thumb. Well, but you were presenting. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. also part of the reason that I enjoy acting is to wear the costume. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Looking nice, doing the makeup, curling yeah. my hair. <laughs> no, yeah. That's so funny. Uh, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Well, do we have any other listener questions? Yeah. I really want to ask this one because I thought it was really funny. So one of our listeners asked, have we seen the Doctor Who episode about Shakespeare? <laughs> the answer for me is definitely not because I don't watch Doctor Who. I can also confidently say I've never <laughs> no. seen that episode I'm... nor any episode of Doctor Who. But I have seen one of the actors in a show in London. Oh. Um, Zach Braff wrote a show. Zach Braff? Zach. I have oh. no idea. I think it was Zach Braff. Isn't Zach Braff the like that, that's an actor from Scrubs? From Scrubs, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah but yeah. he and Doctor Who? No, no, no. But he oh. wrote a show, <laughs> oh, a gotcha. play. Um, Following you now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everyone um, is. Everyone, all our listeners who watch Doctor Who, everyone are just googled. At me right now. <laughs> They're like, did she just? Of course, ask Zach that? Braff isn't in no, Doctor no, no. Who. But um, in his show, one of the Doctor Who doctors or actors she was in um she was in that show so i haven't seen doctor okay. who but i have seen one of the actors but i couldn't tell you what separation yeah. of kevin bacon yes. i i have seen one full episode and I, it was probably like in the minute in the middle sorry and i think is it Dave, is it david tennant david tennant yeah who does like so i tried to watch one of his because i'm pretty sure and now, okay, and now that you guys know I'm pregnant, I can just say this is totally pregnancy brain. <laughs> Christine either worked with him at the Globe or sat next to him at a play. We're Whoa. not sure. One or the other. It was one or the other. And That's then I was silly. like, oh, okay, well, I'll give it a try and, like, you know, see how yeah. it goes. I want to say he was in a show, but it could have been that she just sat next to him once. I have no yeah. idea. Um, but, no, I have not seen that episode of Doctor Who. I'm very curious yeah, like, what, what Shakespeare does in that one. Yeah, no, yeah. and I don't know if they like meet Shakespeare because I mean, I've li- I guess I have seen one episode of Doctor Who. And let's it's the- just guess. Yeah, let's right guess. now. Let's speculate. So I've seen one episode of Doctor Who and it was the Moisturize Me episode. I don't know if you guys Whoa. know at all what I'm talking about. Nope. But like, I don't know. It's like this weird alien episode where like the one of these humanoid thingies is just like a piece of skin. 
like stretched Uh-oh. across a thing. Wait, wait, wait. I think I've seen that. And same she's like, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just like a piece of skin with eyes. How is anyway, that also the so one weird. that I've seen? I don't that's know. Also the one that I've Maybe seen. it's famous, and that's why people show you that one. Because one of my besties Maybe. from high school had me watch it, but it was weird. Anyway, that's definitely that one. That that's I've also so seen. funny. Okay. okay. I'm beginning um, to- <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, maybe they, maybe the doctor meets Shakespeare. Maybe it's just like maybe it's in, in iambic pentameter. Yeah, no, wow. <laughs> so answer to this to this listener. No, we have not. But I would like to flip this question. Yeah, and we should talk about Shakespeare, like in other movies and stuff, and like oh my gosh, like okay. she's the man. Ten things I hate about you. West like Side slings Story. and arrows. Oh, You've been talking oh, about yeah, slings, yeah. And slings and arrows. Slings and arrows is amazing. Yeah. Everyone who enjoys theater and or Shakespeare should watch Slings and Arrows. Which I have not. Just to laugh your butt off. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Um, Wait, where is it? Uh, well, I don't know where it is, but I have the DVD. Okay, oh, coming So over. if you have that ancient technology. <laughs> I actually don't. I have Wait, an, I don't. Well, I have an external okay, DVD good, drive good. I can okay. lend you with it because yeah. I literally only I use it to Mac watch. I have a Air. Yeah, so I literally only use a... it to watch Slings and Arrows. <laughs> nice. um, that's funny. But that's a great one. My all-time favorite Shakespeare, like, on film uh-huh is actually a bollywood version of othello Ooh. called omkara okay and it's in punjabi so you have to read subtitles. the subtitles okay. but it is amazing so good. like i felt like when i watched it i finally understood what should be at stake in Othello. Mm. Um, Because they were able, of course, to use, like, the cast system. But also some of what goes along with that is, like, some of the, um, I guess, I I think you would say prejudice, and I'm sorry if that's the wrong word, that goes along with skin tonality. Oh, oh, colorism. Right. So she is lighter than Uh he is. She's from a higher caste than he is. Mm -hmm. Colorism. But Thanks. the whole political system there is, you know, like, that he's working inside of. It's a lot of, like, guerrilla warfare. It's a lot of – so you really see, like, that, like, Omkara is the name of the character who becomes, you know, like, famous as a war general. But you really see, like, what that means as far as, like, grit and determination and just, like – I don't know. I feel like that was the first time I really, really understood that play. Hmm. And if I ever directed that play, I would be hard-pressed to find a way to bring Those that elements. to stage because they did such a good job. And so, um, yeah, I highly recommend that if you haven't seen Omkara. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. You have to pay to watch it, but, like, pay to watch it. It is fantastic. Um, Omkara, sponsor us. Omkara, (laughs) seriously. You're my favorite movie. The actress who plays Bianca, who of course is like the famous sort of like is she a courtesan? Is she not? Yeah, Yeah, she has this incredible Bollywood number in a nightclub. And and that's the really cool thing is it's not Bollywood as in like what you expect where like everything stops and there's a song. Mm -hmm. They really do manage to like use the love story for the songs he has like it's in the soundtrack too like he has this whole like backup song that's like mm-hmm. oh, Cara. 
dun, dun. It's like all hardcore. I'm probably not singing Don's, right. Don's version of Bollywood. My version of Bollywood Omkar. Like, they're just like chanting behind him. Anyway, I presume that's his name, right? Like rather than yeah, his name is Omkara. Okay. So they all have like you know just slightly Vaguely like, similar. Her name is Dolly gotcha. instead of um, Desdemona. Gotcha. So they all you know, but lovely. Watch it, please. And I feel like just along those lines, I like Shakespeare on film the further it is from trying to meet the original. Oh, yeah. I like it when people, and I feel oh, like that might be weird. Oh, you just use, like, the vague, the vague Yeah, outline. I love it when people mm-hmm. take liberties. Like, I love 10 yeah. Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I she's love... the man. I'm obsessed. Yeah, it's so good. So I was actually just talking to Luis at the Foundry, the Flexstaff Foundry, the other weekend. Um, about, about She's the Man? No. <laughs> <laughs> about kind of, like, we were pseudo-talking about adaptations um, where – so have you heard of, I think it's the ship of Theseus, uh-uh. where it's, so the ship uh, is built and it sets sail across the sea. Oh, But one yes. by one, yeah. He's telling us this. Yeah, yes. yeah. So one by one, the boards get replaced until the ship in its entirety is like, is now entirely different boards. So the concept is, is this ship still the ship of Theseus or is this an entirely new ship? So when we look at like adaptations, like what's the essence of the thing and like, does that suffice? Yeah. You know, that's kind of the question about it, where just talking about all these Shakespeare adaptations where it's like, yeah, it might not be Shakespeare's actual words or maybe the character names have changed, but like what's the essence of the story and is that still there? Was he the one who was telling us about, or maybe this is a fully different human, um, (laughs) was talking about a boat that passes by year after year and just continuously does a Shakespeare play and... Um, you just happen to see whatever scene is happening when the boat passes by your town, Whoa. but it passes by every year. So the like thought is, is that by the time your life ends, you will have You've seen, seen the, whole the whole play. <laughs> That's question fun. mark. I don't know. That's Who was hilarious. telling me about that? I, I don't know. I feel like it was Louise. Louise, if you listen, <laughs> was that you? I'll text you. Um, anyway, um, isn't that so silly? Um, no, but like I gotta say, she's the man. I was obsessed as like yeah. a tween because I was always compared to Amanda Bynes. <laughs> I still am sometimes, but um, I just thought she was so hilarious. And when she did that, when she did that movie, and I discovered that um, it was based off of Twelfth Night. Oh my gosh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved that like the tarantula was named Malvolio. I just <laughs> it was so cute. Like his name was Duke. I don't know. It was just so good. I just thought it was so great. And yeah, I kind of like that, like with 10 Things I Hate About You, where it's like, yeah, it's like vaguely about it. And there's like little tiny like Shakespeare references, like with names or like the tarantula being named Malvolio or like the name of the school is like the name of the town town that we're in or whatever in the play. I just love that stuff. But well, I think one of the things that we really like talk about a lot in our artistic principles at Flag Shakes is that like Shakespeare wrote for the stage and he did it brilliantly. Yeah. But he wrote for the stage. Mm. So sometimes you can find wonderful ways to translate that or to film a Shakespeare play as is. But I I just to speak for him because <laughs> I have that authority. I don't think he would have 
any problem with adaptations that make it film worthy or that, uh, you know, use use what works on film as opposed to what works on stage to make a really good story. And then I think it brings people in. Like someone might watch She's the Man and be like, oh, this is based on something else. Like really yeah. interesting. I should do read it. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like our listeners, like, I love Doctor Who. That like made me intrigued about Shakespeare. I don't know if that's how she found Shakespeare, but or she just likes Doctor Who and Shakespeare. <laughs> Guys, um, I think we have time for just one more quick question. Okay, which oh, is whoa. crazy. Okay, I know. Great. I mean, we always act surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Twenty-eight minutes comes. Um, should we answer your sweetie's question? Oh yeah. <laughs> so my my husband is a musician, <laughs> and his question was, uh, "Who is your favorite musician?" And why is it me? <laughs> so, of I mean, course. he's done a lot of our music. So. He has done a lot of our music. My answer to that is, uh, it's you, of Aww. course, because you write so many songs about me. Oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so sad, honey. I don't know anyone else who writes songs about me, so that's why you're my if favorite. If you're writing songs about Dawn, please let us know. Let yeah. us know. Um, so I guess that's kind of my my quick answer. Yeah. Um, but you guys know I'm like an old country girl. Oh, yeah. I like me some Holt Axton and Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and so yeah yeah, that's kind of where I lie musically yeah this is such a tough question Becky do you have a quick answer I'm thinking um my short answer is no (laughs) and the caveat to that is even a question like this I get so nervous about (laughs) because I feel like I know nothing about music which is not true and this is my imposter syndrome like coming in yeah yeah but like even I'm just like I don't know I like singer songwriters and like I like this song from this one person but like I don't really know their whole genre like their whole (laughs) oeuvre or whatever Um, no I agree with you I'm definitely a playlist gal yeah so like I really I love like I guess I'll say I don't know if I have a favorite musician but I have a favorite probably music genre like folk if I'm thinking not show tunes which definitely is high up there for me it's probably folk Um, I really like folk music Um, but yeah I'm definitely a playlist person so you're right it's like I like this one song from this one artist and then Uh but yeah definitely show tunes Um, I really like golden era musicals I'm a sucker for just a good classic Um, but I also just really love like girl power musicals. Those are my fave. Yeah. Like Heather's, Legally Blonde, um, Mean Girls, uh, like those kinds. I don't know. There's nothing better than like working out to a girl power musical because it's like, yeah, I'm hot and blonde and I'm going to step on you with my stilettos. <laughs> those are the best kinds of musicals. <laughs> They're always about trios of girl gangs in high school. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I identify with with those. I feel like maybe it's because um, I'm not I'm not an angry or mean person, but like those songs are so sassy and like I don't know we all want to be Regina George for a moment but not be Regina George actually you know what I'm saying don't I mean that make any sense no yeah because she like she speaks her mind and like she's kind of like the head bitch in charge but then it's also like but you know when you look about that long term like it's nice to have not a good friend oh yeah and be respected for your kindness yeah exactly (laughs) no my favorite parts I've played on stage are people that it would be absolutely pitiful if you were in person do you know what I mean where you're like oh no that's not actually romantic or interesting it's sad yeah you're just a bad person yeah Yeah. but on stage 
that's one of the beautiful things about being able to act is that you can get up there and be whoever. And same thing with music for like um, for three minutes, you can do be whoever you want to be while you sing along with that totally, song. Totally, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right. we only got to like three questions. I know. None of our fun stories about <laughs> shenanigans or I really uh, wanted to tell my skirt falling off story. I guess it'll have to be another time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gina is giggling behind the glass. She cannot wait for the skirt falling off story. I have a story about straight up like body slamming a set piece. So I can't wait to tell that story. Maybe maybe after, well, we'll get there, but maybe we'll do another silly episode. But rather than answering questions, we'll just get to all of our fun stories. Yeah, we have so many, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) Silly. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Becky. And I'm Hannah. And I'm Dawn. Join us next month for our 10th episode. We are still working on confirming a very exciting guest, um, but we will let you know soon. Woo. Follow the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival on Instagram at Flagshakes and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found on sunsounds.org, the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. This episode of Untamed Shrews starring Don Tucker, Becky Zaritsky, and Hannah Fonts. Show art by Calliope Lou Decker. Podcast theme song by Cadence Lamb. Podcast edited by Hannah Fonts. Special thanks to Gina Byers. Yay! 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 Bye! Bye! <laughs> Bye. <laughs>